Hi, this is Jordan Shively. The reason I'm dropping this in today is because I'm making a book. It's going to be a weird, comedic, fictional horror book. It's going to have fake newspaper pages. going to have curses. You may never be able to put it down. It may attach to your hands. It may slowly get into your skin. You may want to eat parts of it. You may try to like tell your friends to come to a basement, and then there's just a bunch of books everywhere. Who knows what's going to happen with this book? But... It's being funded right now, and you can back it at unbound.com backslash books backslash hot singles. This is Jordan Shively. And this is Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird, maybe kind of dark story, maybe something creepy, and then we try to find like a silver lining in it or flip it around to something that probably not super positive will at least be productive. How are you doing this week? I'm feeling positive. Positive? Positive. This week, I am going to talk about the Dilatov Pass Incident. Um, it's a story, like so many others that we've looked at, is set unsurprisingly in Russia. I can hear police sirens in your background, which I love because it feels like the podcast police are coming to get you for exposing secret Russian secrets. It's always, always true. Oh, I forget where you are and that you always have a police siren in the background at this point. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Minneapolis and um, we are constantly being put into a state of martial law by our police who love to kill people. So Woof. that's a fun thing to live with. But this, just like Minneapolis, is set in a totalitarian Russia. <laughs> um, I'm glad that it could become a transition. I really appreciate this. Now there is actually a ton of documentation on this story and dossiers like on every member of the expedition because this became like a national security thing. But that's really boring. So I'm just going to leave it at they were all like highly skilled mountaineers who knew what they were doing. They were going to go high into the mountains and doing snow and ice traversing. They were supposed to send a telegram to a town on the other end of their trek no later than the 20th of the month. And you can probably guess, since we're telling this story, that they never sent that telegram. And it wasn't until the 20th that they were able to convince authorities to even go looking for them. So at this point, they just know these people are going to, they said they were going to do like this super extreme ice climbing, snow trekking, but it was a trail that people had done before, but then they never turned in. And of course, because this is a weird story on our show and about Russia, everyone was dead. <laughs> um, let's just get, let's just get that out let's of the way. Let's just get that out of the way from the start. <laughs> yeah. Most of them were found almost immediately up around their campsite being discovered because they apparently did stick to their proposed route. They didn't get lost. But what makes this an odd story, the kind of story that we're interested in, is how they died. Four members of the expedition were found scattered around the tree line that surrounded the clearing they had set up camp in. Nine sets of footprints of people wearing only socks or one shoe were found radiating out from the tent, which had huge rips on it. Rips that had been made with, from within by people or something trying to get out in a panic. At first, the authorities were looking to rule all the deaths as natural accidents in the cause exposure. 
That is until the last four bodies were found in a crevasse together. They all had injuries that had been fatal, running from major skull fractures to chest fractures. None of them had outward signs of the wounds that might have led to these injuries. They were all subjected to massive amounts of pressure in a very little period of time. The bodies found around the campsite had all been naked, except for the socks and shoes here and there. These bodies, however, were much dressed in the odd mismatch of clothing that was not their own, and much of it was singed and burned. So they were like, they had weird, like one piece of clothing, but none of it was clothing that was theirs because they had documented like what they were packing because it was one of those kind of expeditions. Also, all four of these bodies had soft tissue damage, such as missing eyes, tongues, and lips. Also, there were alarming amounts of radiation found on one and only one set of clothing. Even with all of this, the authorities said they died of, and this is pretty metal actually, compelling natural force. Which is like the name of my like side EP. <laughs> Absolutely it is. I explain that. Now, what is that? Compelling natural force is obviously like a math rock album. But that's all they said. Like they didn't say how it was like, hmm. There seems to have been a natural force, and we're compelling. It's compelling to believe this. And that's what did a murder. Like that's an odd. That's what. That, that, that's what did it. That's what did a, a death. Okay. <laughs> the the concept of nature. Yeah. To a compelling amount of <laughs> a force. Compelling amount of nature. Now, now oh yeah. God, oh. No, that, that's all I'm stuck on is like, is that mean? Does that mean like the grass ate them? Was there too much wind? Uh, did a flower? Bite them in half like a fucking werewolves. Yeah, I don't know. Werewolves are a compelling force of nature. I think we can all agree. I, I, if I, if I was in a tent and one of my compatriots started turning into a werewolf, I would find that hugely compelling. Over the years, many theories have been floated as people continue to try and resolve this mystery. Everything from catabatic winds, which are winds that bring down contained masses of dense pressure zones from much higher elevations and are essentially a pressure bomb detonating just from, you know, the wind. And to the idea of infrasound, the theory that wind can create a Karman vortex, which produces an infrasound that is capable of inducing panic attacks in humans. So this infrasound would have set them all running unprepared into the storm. So, so far, now I know there's two types of wind. There's bomb wind, and there's wind that just makes me have a panic attack because of nothing that I've done. So that's always just good to add to the list of things about the nature. Also, people have said yetis, werewolves, as we've already come up with, the tent being ripped from inside, aliens. I mean, that's always a good one to throw in there. And secret Soviet weapon testing, which that one sounds like maybe possible to me. To this day, it remains an unsolved mystery of the exceedingly dead variety. And they have all kinds of documentation about how, like, the Soviet police, like, were investigating all these people and all their friends and everyone trying to see what was going on. And there's all these, like, secret things they think were happening, but nothing is conclusive all these years in, like, what, 20 books written about it and movies. And so it just remains one of the great unsolved Russian compelling force death mysteries. And that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think werewolves or government. Sure. Yeah, no, good mix. Or government werewolves. And my caring moment for this story is this. There has been something growing inside of you, changing. A seed sown so long ago, 
you no longer remember that it exists. But all it needed was some empty space, some desolation that it can really sink its roots into. Perhaps it just needed to have that sky, endless, merciless above you, a place you can really stretch out, outside your skin and meat and constricting bones. Really take time to fully map the true shape of you. You can't do that amidst the hustle and bustle and witnesses now, can you? But look at you now, so unfettered, raising your possibly blood-stained face to that limitless sky and smiling. I like that. I, I like the idea that, like, the sky may have killed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sky, the sky is nature. That tr- we had that nothing works. to fear, but, like, the sky. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, any time. What do you have for us this week? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, so what I have uh, is, as I so often enjoy doing, uh, stuff from outer space that shouldn't happen. Uh, via the Independent in August, it was reported uh, that mysterious spiral structures uh, were extending out of a strange star. Uh, and so this is sort of what we're dealing with. Uh, there is what is called oh, a fuck. complex set of spiral arms stretching 1,000 times the distance between Earth and the Sun, basically extending out of a single star. And these unexplained spirals that we've not seen ever in the history of astronomy were coming out of what is called a young variable star, uh, which uh, means they're on the rise, uh, known as R.U. Loopy. That I, I hadn't said it out loud until now, but it does sound like uh, a license plate for somebody that uh, is like a wine mom. Are <laughs> you loopy? It's 12 yeah. o'clock. Um, anyway, are you loopy? You're loopy somewhere. <laughs> it's loopy somewhere in space and time, which uh, no longer matters. So, yeah, it is apparently producing new worlds from within a star, which is also something that we've not seen before. Uh, and so they've what dubbed it a planet factory. So R.U. Loopy is a star that is building planets uh, while its arms are stretching out into the universe in these tremendous lengths, and we aren't sure what the arms do. There are a lot of questions about what it is that we might be looking at. Uh, First and foremost, people are like, I think that this might be the first time that we're seeing this version of planets being formed. Like, we have seen how planets can form elsewhere, uh, but this would be like going from, like, watching baby goats being born to watching like goats being cloned and you're like oh okay there's a completely different process didn't know that that was out there but sure that can produce that same thing who knows what kind of planets uh are you loopy is creating and then there is a question that like maybe these arms are a result of gravity folding in on itself and then pushing things out. So sort of like, um, I, I suppose the closest comparison would be like tracking waves in the ocean and, and how the ocean is moving at the time and sort of like something is collapsing here, uh, but in its collapse, it is pushing things out and creating new things, which I, I mean, traditionally, when you have like a neutron star collapsing on itself, that is certainly the way that a planet can be formed. But this is happening in a consistent way that doesn't seem to be affecting the central star that is the planet factory. So it's 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 skipping that part that normally shuts things down. So it, it just keeps spreading out. No one knows exactly how it's doing this, and it is definitely making new planets. So you're saying it's reaching out like arms of gravity and then back in on itself, like it's hugging itself? It is that, but that the arms of gravity, uh, while it's collapsing, they're not coming back in. Like somehow the collapse is pushing them out further. Oh. 
which is another one of those things. It's like, it, it is impossible to explain what the fuck it is we're looking at here. Uh, so, uh, But it's a compelling natural force. Right. <laughs> a natural force. You know how those happen. Uh, Very compelling. Compelling natural forces. So our, our carrying into the moment uh, here is um, stretch your arms. Yes. Good. Wake. Now stretch your new arms. Stretch your bonus arms and wrap them around all that you can grab and then make. Make with your arms. Make with your presence. Make with the light that ebbs and flows into and out of existence on a whim. Arm yourself. Stretch. Arm yourself and stretch further. Hold on to the heavens and grasp all that you deserve. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of the arms. That's really cool. Also worrisome that it's going to keep going and going, but hey, we had a good run. I mean, <laughs> I think we had a good run should be maybe the catchphrase of this show. <laughs> eh, we had a good run. And it's like the earth, like with its thumbs up. Eh. <laughs> Like a really positive version of like, I can see, I can see where the sidewalk ends and that's fine. Or like, thanks, I hate it. But it's like, eh, we chat, we did. It's like, it's like the little like good, good, tr good effort buddy trophy, but it's just the world. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> I think Earth does deserve its participation trophy before we sign off. <laughs> I feel like it gets its trophy when it gets rid of us. Probably. Good job. You know, you stuck to it and you finally took care of that mess. So what's your signal boost for this week? Uh, my signal boost out here uh, is uh, my, my friend Doc, who is a uh, Kansas-based video game maker who has made games like uh, Paratopic, uh, has a new game coming out called Adios. And the idea behind this, uh, and it's coming to Xbox and PC, is that you are a guy who works for the mob, and you own a pig farm in Kansas, and you help their hitmen dispose of bodies, and one day you decide... I am done doing this. Uh, and so the entirety of the game is the hitman that has come to drop off some bodies and you saying, like, I, I think I'm retiring. And this guy is your friend. And he's like, please don't do that. Um, I would love it if you did not do that because you understand what will happen if you refuse to do the job. And you're like, yeah, but this is how I feel. And so the rest of the game is basically you and your friend, the hitman sent to kill you, maybe, doing chores around the farm uh, and just having conversations with each other about the nature of life and existence uh, until you make, you know, your choices on these things. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't know in what fucking world somebody sits down and spends 18 months making this video game that's more of a Tracy Let's Play. But like, yes, absolutely. Give me the mafia pig murder game. Oh my God, it's it's all I want. Uh, and it, his, it is his response also to being like, yeah, I don't like walking sim games, but I have an idea of like what I would do if I had one. And what he did was this. And I'm just like, well, a uh, pig farmer quitting the mob and then uh, getting murdered by his best friend is certainly a video game that no one else is working on. The Call of Duty folks aren't doing that. So uh, it is a very exciting project. Uh, their trailer released this week. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just wildly proud of him, but also just like, where does that idea come from? And it makes me very proud. So uh, check out Audios. Uh, you can follow it on Steam and on Twitter and stuff. Made by an incredibly small indie team and just couldn't be more excited. So that's my boost. <laughs> that's that's way cooler than what I thought the game was going to be when you started talking about it, which is like a pig farm simulator <laughs> where like you have to like feed the pigs more bodies and then like, you know, grow different pigs and add pins on. 
oh no, there's a murder spree. There's no room for all the bodies. Look, I would play the Hannibal game. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, that sounds like a much, much classier game. <laughs> My signal boost this week is the Octavia Project. The Octavia Project uses speculative fiction as a lens from which to envision new futures and greater possibilities for our world. Blending creative writing, art, science, and technology, their programming increases confidence and skills in a myriad of subjects while fostering leadership and community. It's in New York, and they um, take non-binary, trans kids, people at risk, and then they um, talk to them about what they would do to create the future, and it's all based through the lens of science fiction and obviously based in the name and ethos of Octavia Butler. So that is octaviaproject.org. I love that. Uh, how about some self-care? I haven't been good at that. <laughs> no, bud. <laughs> Why not? Just stuff, like the world <laughs> burning and... I like your like, little boy voice. But the world literally burning <laughs> around us. <laughs> uh and it's just it's hard it's hard to be creative and have all these deadlines that I've given to myself because I've accepted projects, but then it just the pressure of it becomes big when you're like you can't do anything the way you used to and you have to find all new ways to be productive in the middle of national pandemic, half the half the country's on fire, the police are killing everyone in the streets. It's a lot to try to be creative during that time. Cool, 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 cool. Neat, neat, neat. Normal. <laughs> so my self-care this week has been realizing and writing down that I haven't been doing self-care. You know what? Good on you. A wake-up call to be like, oh, you've been slipping, man. Hey, you you've know what slipping. you fucking forgot? Start over. The, the thing that you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's write it on my desk calendar now because apparently brain's not going to remember to be nice to me. <laughs> so I have it scheduled in on my desk calendar right next to like write an email. It's also like, Love self. <laughs> I really, it, every time I do something like that, I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, what if it works this time? What if this is it? <laughs> like, yeah, what if it's what like if in Shaun of the Dead when he's like, right, enough like, to get, fix my brain. <laughs> life together, get shit together, win Liz pack on the refrigerator, and you're like, yeah, what if that worked? What if you woke up the next day and looked at it and was like, oh, all right, let's get in. You heads in, let's do this. <laughs> and then sometimes you go back to your to-do list and you find things you don't remember writing. Like mine right now says, believe in me. But right underneath it, it says, believe in blood. I'm not sure which one of those I was supposed to do in what order. So I think you roll for it. <laughs> okay. One through three, I believe in me. Three through six, I believe in blood. Somebody get, get to us in the comments or in a review and tell us which one I'm supposed to believe in. So I, I can start get it, getting on that. Wonderful. <laughs> Feel free to provide the blood, maybe. Does it have to be my blood? I don't think so. It is really up in the air. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to let that be decided by compelling natural forces. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's us for this week. We look forward to seeing y'all again next week. And until then, remember, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and mini. And we'll see you in the void. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
carrying into the void record it in the midst of a festival. Well, what do you call the thing with all the blood? Festival, right? <laughs>